It's green for go. They're racing. He says go. He says Tara. And Tiger Tara rolls away from them on the home turn. Here comes another big boil over. Equine athleticism at its best. The king is in the castle once more. This is in one race. The rest are almost in another post. She is a star with a capital S. It's going to be a triple treat. A miracle three-peat. Ladies and gentlemen, you have witnessed history here at Menangle. What about that? It's getting right up on the sprint lane and it's going to bolt in. Hello and welcome to the Sunday session for another week, of course, part of the Sprint Lane podcast for Harness Racing New South Wales. My name is Greg Hayes, great to have your company this week and there is so much to speak about this week. First up, huge congratulations to Jason Grimson and Swayze for taking out the New Zealand Cup on Tuesday. Cam Hart drove the horse perfectly and just continues to prove how good he is. Amazing career Cam has in front of him and just continues winning big race after big race. In fact, backed it up with another group, one in New Zealand on Friday. But Jason Grimson has worked wonders with Swayze. I spoke with Adam Hamilton on the podcast last week and he simply said, if Swayze led, then Akuda couldn't beat him and he turned out to be spot on. Huge win. Huge day of racing. One of the special harness racing events run across the world. I've been lucky enough to experience a few massive meetings. The Elite Lop in Sweden. I've been to a Breeders' Crown in the US. But the New Zealand Cup is a really special event. Similar to our Melbourne Cup Day, it's just an event all of its own. And for a New South Wales trained horse to win the race is a huge result for the state. We've gone close in recent years and great to finally see another Aussie win it. Of course, Cowra last Sunday. How good was it? Loved the performances from all the singers. It was great to see so many people at the races. The Whitlams were fantastic. Daryl Braithwaite brought the house down with the horses. It was just a great afternoon for all. The racing was great too. Loved it. And if the Carnival of Cups is going to continue with that intensity, then I can't wait to get to all of them and be part of it. What's on the podcast today? Well, Greg Sugars dominated Menangle on Saturday night with three winners. I'm going to catch up with Greg and have a chat about the treble. But I also want to chat about his superstar trotter, Just Believe, who resumed on Friday night for a win, his first since returning from Europe. Um, also on the podcast, Jared Alchin won the Cowra feature with Pars Guarantee, and he toyed with the idea of taking him to WA with our ultimate Ronnie for a couple of races, but that is now off the table. Pars Guarantee will target the Carnival of Cups lucrative bonuses, while Ronnie will still head west. He also had a winner at Menangle, so I'll speak to him about that. Plus, great news. Yerby Stud, one of the best-known studs in New South Wales, is remaining in the industry. There were some concerns it may be sold to people outside of the industry, but the good news is that the Picker family has purchased the stud and will continue to operate it as one moving forward. So I thought I'd catch up with Dennis Picker to have a chat about the new venture. Plus the Menangle Express is back. Mr. T, wow, he found us a $1.10 winner at Bathurst. I guess at least he got one. My two did no good. So we're going to look for a couple of winners and we're going to try and get back on the winner's list. A lot to get through, so let's get the gate rolling. Rakero Rebel the leader. Second at the moment as they straighten Blood Moon Polly put Kettle on. Comes to the outside to offer. Then came Little Bliss Charlie's ace. I'm Pressy Bell probes through the middle and Brave You Kelly trying to wind up. Third quarter 28-9 It's Rakero Rebel the leader. Polly put Kettle on is getting out after it quickly. It's still Rakero Rebel in front. Polly put Kettle on won't get there and Rakero Rebel goes aim to beat Polly put Kettle on in the fast finishing Brave You Kelly. Big night for the Victorian at Menangle tonight. 
Yeah, Greg Sugars, three winners on the program, and of course a massive win last night with Just Believe It Bendigo as well. It's been a, a big 24 hours for Greg, and he joins me to have a chat. Hello, Greg, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Um, mate, good night at Menangle on a Saturday night, three winners. Yeah, that's right. No, it was uh, obviously we don't get up here on a regular basis, but uh, it's really nice to make this trip and come away successful. Feature race tonight was the Sue Kelly Stakes for the Mares. Uh, Rakiro Rebel, too strong. You are able to get to the front, and um, she was able to control the race from there. Yeah, that's right. No, she was probably the main reason that we that we made this trip up. Um, yeah, she's raced in really good form in, in uh, very strong Mares company down in, in Melbourne of late. So, uh, yeah, we thought we'd give her a bit of a road trip, and... Uh, it all worked out very well for her. Um, held the front quite comfortably and got away with you know, pretty cheap sectionals and uh, she was too quick up the straight. That 30.1 was a nice second quarter. Gave you a chance to, to balance up and, and let her get into a rhythm? Yeah, absolutely. No, she's um, she's quite a casual horse when she's out in front. So, um, yeah, she just dropped a bit and was happy to go as uh, slow as what anyone would uh, would let us. And, um, yeah, just had to shake her up the straight and, Worked out great. It was interesting watching you pull the the hood on her halfway up the straight. She she wanted to prick the ears and have a good look around. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, she's probably probably leading is not her, her best asset because she get, does get a bit casual. But um, the main thing is she does respond when you do ask her. So what's the plans with her going forward? Um, yeah, we're not real sure if there's any uh, immediate targets. So we're thinking, um, yeah, we'll just get her back to Melbourne now. We might give her a little freshen up and. Uh, then look to, to target some of the feature mares races in the new season. Uh, one overall, won the trot, the uh, the last race on the program, came off a big 30-metre handicap and got the job done? Yeah, that's right, yep. So he um, he loves to stand start racing and, um, yeah, there just wasn't obviously a suitable race for him in uh, in Melbourne this week, so we made the trip up and, um, yeah, it's hard work uh, chasing uh, the field of trotters uh, from the 30-metre back marker when they roll along solid sectionals, but um, yeah, he knuckled down strong when challenged uh, up the straight. What did you think at the 600 metre mark? You still were a fair way off them and, and, and the leaders looked to be going okay. Were you were, were you concerned? Yeah, I was a little bit, to be honest. Um, you know, especially um, having a quality horse like Funky Monkey on my back, which uh, sounds, sounded like it was travelling quite well. So I sort of thought, um, you know, I'm, I'm flat out a long way from home here and uh, wasn't, wasn't quite confident at that point in time, but like I said, he um, he dug deep when he had to. Um, has been very consistent around the Country Cup circuit of late in the Swan Hill Trotters Cup. Um, went to Geelong and ran third there in the McNamara Trotters Cup. So has been consistent, rewarded for that consistency with that win tonight. Yeah, that's right. He's had a terrific season overall. He's had a few uh, uh, few hiccups along the way. Um, yeah, he's not a, a foolproof race horse, but um, yeah, when he puts it all together, he's he's pretty good. Uh, the first of your three winners was Stingray Tara for, for Blake Fitzpatrick um, Horse came from last, big win There was a lot of speed on in that race And um, you are able to get Stingray Tara down the outside Yeah, very happy to drive a winner for Blake um, That's where our horse is stable when we come to Sydney So and, you know, he's, he sends some down to us uh, to race in Melbourne and vice versa So um, yeah, to get a drive for him and, uh, and pick up a win was, was, was fantastic and, uh, and the horse raced super um, he said he hasn't had a great deal of luck lately, but was running very good closing sectionals, which he uh, he did again tonight. What about Triple uh, Eight? What did you make of Triple Eight? Another one from the stable that uh, went around in the in the fast class race of the night. Yeah, look, he was probably a bit short of a run coming up here. He hadn't had a run for a little while and had a bit of a setback um, uh, since his last run. So 
we knew it'd be a bit vulnerable tonight, and um, but we needed a really good trip, and we didn't quite get that. Um, we're you know, a bit too far back in in uh, you know mid race sectionals weren't weren't super solid for that class of horse, and then they obviously dashed home very quick. So he worked into it nicely um, at the top of the straight, but uh, yeah, he just weakened on his run a little bit. So overall, um, yeah, not too disappointed uh, for where we thought the horse was at. And just believe, the uh, the win on Friday night at Bendigo, that was something to behold and, and a massive training performance by Jess and yourself to, to get the horse up after, of course, what he's been through and, and heading over to Europe to race so well. Yeah, exactly right. No, he's uh, he's obviously a very special horse for us and, uh, yeah, we love him a bit. So, um, you know, it was uh, a little bit, um, you know, I suppose we're a little bit apprehensive uh, over the last month or so just to see exactly you know how he was going to return to racing but um all signs at home were that he was in in pretty good shape but uh coming up against uh, a mare like Queen Alita who's just racing in such fantastic form and his rock hard fit um we sort of thought we might be up against it but um yeah he showed that you know how he's he's, he's a world-class trotter which he's proved um earlier this year and, and got the job done very nicely. So, um, yeah, we're really looking forward to uh, heading north in a couple of weeks' time to try and defend his uh, Inter-Dominion title. Yeah, get to the Inter-Dominion, and he, he obviously relishes those conditions. Mate, are, are there any plans to get him back to Europe again, or was that just a, a once-off? Oh, look, it, it has been mentioned. Um, I know, you know, just leaving Sweden in the moment, everyone was pretty excited and the guys over there were, were pretty keen to, to, to see us again if, if all went well. So it's, um, you know, we had to wait and see whether the horse, you know, got through the trip and, and he's, you know, going every bit as good as what he was last year. And, you know, he may need to even be even better um, as, the, as the, you know, trotting ranks seem to get stronger every year. Um, so it's a possibility, but um, certainly nothing's uh, locked in um, at this point in time. And is there anything after the Inner Dominion for him? Uh, yeah, well, he'll target uh, the same sort of program in Melbourne that he did last year um, with the Great Southern Star and a few other feature races. Um, yeah, so we'll obviously um, yeah plot a very similar path to, to what we did earlier this year. All right, well, mate, uh, it was great to see him back and winning, and it was a it was a great race too. You mentioned the mayor; she's she's a superstar as well. So great to see them both racing well. Um, congratulations with the three winners at Menangle, and all the best of luck at the Inter Dominion. Thank you very much. Well, where do we start with Jared? He was the big winner at Cowra last week. He's also had a winner at Menangle on Saturday night with Brooklyn Bridge. Jared Alchin joins me on the podcast. Jared, how are you? Yep, good, thanks, Craig. How are you? Mate, really well. There's a lot to talk about in your stable at the moment. Um, firstly, let's have a chat about our ultimate Ronnie. What's what's the story? He's off to Perth? Yep, he's definitely going to Perth. He had a, uh, a trial on Wednesday and we're really happy with him. Will Rickson drove him because Cam was in New Zealand, obviously, and um, yeah, couldn't have been happy. They went uh, 151 and uh, Will said he felt really sharp and um, it was just a perfect trial, really. Cash and Flow was out in front rolling along and um, yeah, we didn't have to pull out. They went hard enough where we didn't have to pull out. So he um, he done it really comfortable and couldn't couldn't have been happier with him. So you head to Perth. Have you ever taken a horse to Perth before? No, I haven't. I've never been there myself. So um, yeah, it'd be good just to get over there and 
I've always wanted to go over there and it's even better to take a horse and hopefully can get some of their money. So when do, what? how many races are you staying for? What, what are the plans? Um, we're just going to stay for the two. There's a race in um, two weeks, uh, the four-year-old classic. Um, so that's the first race. Uh, and then after that, a fortnight after that, that's the nugget. So, yeah, there'll just be the two and then we'll, we'll come back after that and hopefully he goes good and then we'll decide whether we um, tackle sort of the, the summer carnival here at Menangle. We'll just get through the next two runs first. Not sure as to, to what driver you'll have at this stage with um, Cam Hart, the regular driver, Um well, we don't know where he'll be, but he could well be in Queensland for the start of the Inter-Dominion series. Yeah, it's probably looking that way with um, with Swayze. You'll have to sort of go there and drive Swayze in the first round of the Inter-Dominion, I'd, I'd suspect. But, um, yeah, we'll just play that by year. And um, Kim will get, obviously, first um, choice if he, if he wants the drive or, or something goes wrong with Swayze, which hopefully it doesn't. But, um, yeah... We'll give him the first option, and then after that, we'll just work it out. Um, it's just a bit tricky because Young's on the same night as well, so they've got three three race meetings all on the one night. It just makes it a bit difficult for drivers, but um, there's plenty of good drivers out there, so I'm sure we'll get one of them. Now, the reason we talk about Young is because of Pars Guarantee, who was so good at Cowra last week and and won for fun. So. We spoke on Sunday at the races. You said we're going to toss up whether we go to Perth with Pars Guarantee, but the the rich bonuses that are on offer for the Carnival or Cup this year, if you can if you can snag a few of them, it, it's quite it's quite uh, good money wise, isn't it? Yeah, well, it was sort of um, that was the reason we opted to stay. Um, I do think the track at um, what's the park would have suited him down to the ground. But, I think if he had a drawn to, to lead around there, he would have took a lot of catching. Um, but in saying that, there's a $100,000 bonus if you win three of these country cups. And he's sort of the right grade to, to do that too because he's um, he's sort of not that highly assessed. So there's a big chance he'll draw the front line again and um, with his gait, speed and manners and, and everything, there's every chance he'll be in front again or if not in front, up near the leaders anyway. And um, I think that's sort of just a better option um, at the moment. And, yeah, so he'll press on down there. And um, at this stage, we probably have a couple others go with him as well. Were you were you surprised by how easily he did it at Cowra? No, I wasn't. No, yeah. I, um, I really liked him. Um, he, he's come to me in great order and he just... Um, had a little rash all over him when he come and um, his blood might have just been out a little bit. He just was a little bit woolly and that in his coat. Um, and Tomo, Mark Thompson, the trainer, said this horse is just on the way up. He said he's just, um, yeah, he's just had a couple of little issues with his coat coming right and that sort of thing. And ever since he got to my barn, he just blossomed. And I give him a hit out. Uh, before his first start, I give him a hit out. And thought, oh, he's just a little bit underdone, you know. And so we drove him very quiet at his first start, and I think he ran his last quarter in twenty-five eight and just smoked the line. Um, and then I give him a hit out before Cowra, and he just what he worked was next level, and he and he just felt like a 
sort of that that run at Menangle just brought him on so much better. So um, yeah, I was I was super confident heading into Kara. Are you confident that he can make the the step up and and be you know competitive in those free for alls at Menangle when the good horses are there? Um, only time will tell. Um, but I know he's a horse that's just getting better and better around the place, and I think when he starts racing, then better ones will know. When I first got him, I thought he may have lacked that bit of high speed, and that might have been his downfall. He felt like he was very strong, but um, did feel like he lacked a little bit of point-to-point speed. But that first start I give him when he ran home in 25-8 sort of changed my mind a bit on that. So, um, yeah, he's just a beautiful horse to be around. He's just got the perfect temperament. Um, he's just anyone can drive him. The boys at home, like the kids, they work him and... <laughs> Um, yeah, he's just just a beautiful horse, and I think if he can just keep improving, like he's only four, so if he can just keep improving steadily, I, I do think he's going to make open grade horse. Just how far he's going to go, only time will tell. So Ronnie in Perth uh, on the first of December, you'll have him at Young, and then you'll have Doff uh, your cap in in Queensland for the Inter. So you you will be spread thin. Yeah, we haven't made our mind up with Doffield Cap yet. We'll have a talk to the owners as a race here on Saturday night for him. Um, we'll get through that. It suits him. I think it's a 2,300-metre random barrier draw, which really suits him. So we'll get through that. And then after I watched Just Believe last night, I'm thinking, <laughs> do, we just, <laughs> do we just stay home with him and, and concentrate on uh, um, smaller fish or sweet, so to speak, and... Um, try and pick up a couple around here while uh, while the major players are up there fighting it out. I think there's a few there that been realistic that he can't beat. So um, we'll have it. We'll sit down, have a talk to the owners um, this week, and just see which way we go there. Um, what about the the winner tonight, um, Brooklyn Bridge? What can you tell us about it? Yeah, he's a lovely horse. He um, come to me in terrific order from Blake and Ellen Jones. Um, just sort of finding races for him down there was a little bit tough with his rating. So Blake come up last week and asked, did I want to, he raced last week. He went super last week. Um, my other horse won the race, uh, Mr. Truth. And he was just back on the fence there. I think they were in a half in 52 something and, and he was swinging to the line. So I, I thought he was really going to be hard to beat tonight. Um, so yeah, I think he's going to be a really nice horse in Sydney. He sort of stepped up in grade very quick, which is sort of always a little worry. But when they hit that 95 grade so quick, but um, he seems to be strong enough and he's got high speed. So um, I, I do think he'll do a really good job here. Um, what about Mr. Truth? You mentioned it. Um, it was a winner last week. Has everything gone well since the win? Yeah, he, he's, he's a really nice horse. Um his sectionals the last two weeks have just been off the chart. So we're just weighing up whether we might take him, he's the same owner as um, Pars Guarantee. So we'll just toss up whether we take him to Young as well. Um, I think it looks a good race for him. He's gotten around the smaller tracks. He's got around um, Aubrey before. So if he can get around Aubrey, he'll get around Young. Um we might give him a hit out on Monday morning and just see whether we opt to go to Menangle on Saturday or wait and go to 
too young on Friday. Any chance of you getting back in the bike in Perth? Oh, I'd say very, very slim chance. <laughs> I might drive him in a trial over there. Um, yeah, we're going to probably, if not give him a, a trial, give him a private workout at Gloucester Park, maybe in between races or something like that. I'd, I'd probably drive him, but uh, I, I doubt it. I haven't driven for a fair while, and uh, the pants might be a little tight. <laughs> well, mate, the stable is on fire at the moment. I tell you what, you got some really nice four-year-olds in the in the barn. They just keep appearing. So you're obviously doing a great job attracting new horses, mate. All the best of luck and good luck in WA when you head across. No worries. Thanks a lot, Greg. Um, yeah, it's, it's just exciting to be going over there and it's exciting to have a horse that is good enough to take and hopefully we can do New South Wales proud and pick up one of their major races. <laughs> Time for a look at the Menangle Express where we go through each of the races at Menangle. Let's start with race one. Small Tease was the favourite and he strolled to the front from gate two and ran through the first half in 57.5. He looked the one to beat. Uh, Revered sat behind the leader. I'm in trouble was outside the leader. Robbie Morris squeezed in three pegs with Sir Richard Lee which gave Brooklyn Bridge the 1-1. The speed did go on at the half because Captain Ritchie was being chased along and the 27-3 quarter was actually the fastest of the race. They got to small tees turning for home. Firstly, I'm in trouble and then the eventual winner, Brooklyn Bridge, another one for Jared Alchin. Foxy Data galloped at a vital stage, lost its chance. I'm in trouble battled on for second along the inside after doing plenty of work and Captain Ritchie responded under urging to finish third. Not a lot from the beaten runners in that one, but small tees on paper didn't look to have too many excuses. Race two, again, it wasn't too fast in the early stages, but it was tactical. Fear cruising cross before one for the roadie came away for the retake, but then soon released Danger Zone. That left Dark Terror four pegs and Saginaw was behind it. They strolled through the middle stages, 31-2, 29-3, but when Double Encounter was allowed to slide forward. He was the one who put the speed into the race. He savaged Danger Zone through the third quarter, and they ran a 20 6.8, 400 metres. They, that got Danger Zone out of his comfort zone. Turning for home, he was... Uh, well, he left the inside, which gave one for the roadie, a saloon passage up the inside for an easy win. Double Encounter battled on well, up the straight after doing the work first over. Wow, he's a rock star. Got home well in the fast last half for third. Not sure how much room Saginaw got in the straight and the head-on footage would provide a clearer picture there. Thought both Danger Zone and Romani were both pretty average. Uh, race three, well, if the first two were slow and then sprints from the half, this race was vastly different. Speed was on from the get-go, Longfellow led and Firefox got in behind the leader. Jazzy Star was caught wide and kept attacking 27 early and then 27-6 through the second. Uh, Blake Fitzpatrick kept the attacking going, ran through the third quarter in 27-4, actually crossed Longfellow at the cages and that horse looked in all sorts of trouble at that time and straight away you're entitled to look for the run on horses. Turning for home, Jazzy Star was gone but his stablemate Stingray Tara was getting to the outside from last and starting to hit top gear. All the peg, uh, Pegs horses were looking for runs including Longfellow. Um, Alta Orlando hit the front for a fleeting moment, JOK went with it. Firefox had worked wide on the track with only Stingray Tara wider. 28-8 up the straight and Stingray Tara got there narrowly from JOK. Longfellow battled on for third. Joe Nian was under urging but was looking for runs late in a slow last quarter. Understandably the driving tactics on Jazzy Star were queried. Race number four was a wide open betting event. $9 chance Bertie Jones galloped soon after the start. 
Over the longer trip again, uh, Sir Simon led with Murphy's reward behind the leader. That left Pelican fly outside and swell time in the 1-1. The lead time was quicker than the earlier uh, 2,300-metre races. They went 50.4, but then Sir Simon jammed the brakes on with a 31.5 first quarter. That made Robbie Morris take off on Shades of Heaven from the tail of the field, which injected some speed into the race. 28-3 for the second quarter. Morris got up outside the leader just before the 800. Uh, ran through the third quarter in 27-6, and swell time the favourite looked the one turning for home when it came with its run. But the horse on its back, Magic Mateo, was stalking it. In saying that, Magic Mateo didn't look entirely balanced up in the straight, but once Sophia Arvidsson was able to straighten it up, it raced away to win pretty easily in the end. They got home in 27.9, swell time finished second, and looked to have its chance while early leader Sir Simon battled on for third. Bertie Jones did a, a good job to beat a couple home, but not too much from the beaten brigade and the Greg Sugars train. Uh, sorry, driven. Pelican Fly looked to have every hope was well beaten. Race five, it was back to the norm in the fast class race of the night. Um, our Money Rocks shot off a wide draw. Cross Pete said so in the run to the first corner, but Robbie Morris looked pretty happy to take the sit anyway. That meant where you've been bopping was three pegs. Master Catch was on its back. The informed Tasty Delight was caught in the chair with a Victorian Triple Eight on its back. Only a slow second quarter of 29-3, but then the speed went on 27-1 third quarter. The first two broke away from the rest on the turn. Pete said so, came to the outside, was able to wear down our money rocks in a fast 26-6 final quarter. Big gap back to third with Master Catch sneaking along the inside to grab it. The beaten horses had their chance, but the leaders did drop a 53-7 last half meaning it was tough for those out wide and well back to make any ground. Race six was the feature, the Sue Kelly stakes for the mares. Uh, Rakira Rebel was the narrow favourite from the good draw, landed in the lead early, whereas Braveview Kelly went back and was safe for one final dash at them. They went single file soon after the start with Little Bliss behind the leader and Charlie's ace three pegs. Blood Moon came away from the inside down the back straight to give Polly Put the Kettle on some cover. Braveview Kelly was still last. Slow middle half of 59 seconds set it up for the leader and it became a dash up the straight. Greg Sugars pulled the hood halfway down the straight and the leader wanted to prick her ears and have a good look around and held off her rivals. Polly Put the Kettle on is so honest. She gets her head down. She he tried all the way up the straight for second, and I loved the way Braveview Kelly savaged the line for third in a 26-2 final quarter. Really nice run from Braveview Kelly. Uh, race seven, Lightning Dan was sent out the short price favourite. Four of its last five starts, $1.80, $2.15, $2.40, $2.60. It's been placed in one of those four. But anyway, let's get back to this race. Constantina led Rick O'Shea early with Sheffield Sparky three pegs, 28 seconds first quarter, followed by a, a 29-6 second quarter, which forced the hand of Greg Sugars, who was driving Lightning Dan, who came away from the inside, which started the running line. Soon after they went past the cages, Rick O'Shea came away from the spot behind the leader, ran up to Constantina. Sheffield Sparky followed through, and the first three horses on the pegs they finished uh, first, second, and third. Rick O'Shea gave Blake Fitzpatrick a training double. Sheffield Sparky did a good job to get second. Constantina battled on for third. Lightning Dan won't get me until he can win one. Race eight was for the Trotters, and off the 30-metre handicaps, the Faves won over all, and Funky Monkey looked to have it all in front of them. Simone Lindenny led for Blake Fitzpatrick. Sonny G was on its back, and then came Vic Sun. One overall moved 
away from the inside, led up the running line approaching the 800 metres, and Funky Monkey was on its back. Turning for home, Simone Lindenny left the marker pegs, but Sunny G followed it out, forcing the fave a little bit wider again. Thought Funky Monkey was the one to beat at that stage, but to its credit, one overall wouldn't give up and was able to grab Sunny G, who eventually finished third, and Funky Monkey ran into second late. Best winner of the night? Really tough. I'll go with Magic Mateo. Good for Sophia Arvidsson after coming from back in the field. Best driver of the night. Take your pick from the two Robbie Morris drives. Probably go for one for the roadie just in front of Pete said so, but they were both pretty smart drives. And best beaten performance of the night was Longfellow. Absolutely savage throughout the race and still had the audacity to rally back for third. Good, tough performance. I read with interest during the week, good news that Yerby Stud is staying in harness racing. The Picker family from Bigger have made an offer on the Yerby property and it's been accepted. So the Pickers will uh, will take over Yerby Stud and Dennis Picker is joining me to have a chat. Hello, Dennis. How are you, Greg? Really well. Um, interesting news that's uh, that's come through. The, the Picker family are going to take control of Yerby Stud. Yeah, that's right. It's... Um don't worry, it comes just as big a surprise to us as uh, everyone else probably. Like, it all happened very quickly. And um, we're advised to go and have a look at the place and we've done our maths. And, yeah, hopefully it all turns out and we can make a go of it, mate. So, basically, you and your family, you've got your farms at Bigger and you've decided that you're, you're going to do something different and, and get into the horses. Is that it? Or make it bigger, your, your involvement in the uh, horses? Uh, probably like a bit of diversity, uh, diversity, you know, um, if, when you're just straight out sheep and cattle at the minute, um, things aren't that great, um, with, with that sort of things. But, um, we've looked at different, different options over the time, like loosen farms and pubs and just something different, you know? Mm. Um, but when this idea sort of popped up, well, it kind of fit the bill because, um, was quite involved in the sport anyway, but um, yeah, it'd just be a way of sort of ramping things up a little bit and um, yeah, potentially making uh, a decent dollar out of it. So, was there a big chat amongst the family about whether you would take up this opportunity, or did, was it basically a group decision? And you said, "Yep, let's jump in." It was um, it was pretty it was pretty quick. All my brothers and mum and dad they were all keen. I, I was probably the last person to to say yes to be honest because I knew I'd be um, I'd be sent into bat and uh, go down there and you know, make a move and and uh, sort of run the whole show um, so yeah, it'll be a bit different for me that's for sure but um, the boys and mum and dad they'll be backwards and forwards all the time as will I be the other way too uh, still back to the farm um, when it's busy shearing time and um, landmarking and etc yeah so how's it going to work initially? Um, are, are you guys looking to, to move in pretty quickly down there? Yeah, Jamie, my wife, and um, three little kids will we'll move down after Christmas. And um, it's probably not a bad time because we've got a fair few months before the next stud season, so we'll be able to get set up and um, work out how things work on the property. Um irrigation and things like that it'll just be a bit quieter in that sense um after christmas because we are going to run it as a uh, primarily as a stud 
Um, keep things the same pretty well. Rod's going to hang around. He's only just down the road, Rod Woodhouse. So um, he's been uh, terrific in helping us out over the last few weeks. And he's more than keen to um, just help out um, whenever we need him, you know. He's going to stay on and, and work a few of his own there. So he'll be there every day and he'll help us um, get started and kick us along, hopefully. And you would just see where you end up, Greg. Um, but at this stage, it's, it's mainly going to be just a stud. Um, but the training facilities there are so good. We'll obviously train a few, break a few in. Got a few to take to the sales in uh, March. So every bit of everything going on there. So you'll, you'll be taking mares for clients that are looking to adjust their mares? Yep, that's right. Yeah, we'll be um, taking mares and also spellers like... Uh, as I just mentioned, it's that well set up. Um, you know, anyone that's got a good a good horse or wants him looked after, fed and rugged for a week or two weeks, it may be a month, whatever. Um, beautiful yards and stables and that. Um, you can take good care of them that way, so they're not um, getting knocked about if they just let let go out in the in the wild. And you mentioned the stud. Obviously, Yerby has had some amazing stallions over the years that Yerby has been there and established. Is that something yep. you're going to look at as well? It is. Um, yeah, my brothers are keen to um, all try work out what the best way to go about it is, but whether we go to America and look for something or we've been given a couple of contacts already um, for, for us to talk to and, and keep an eye out over there. Um, so yeah, it's definitely in the pipeline. Whether it can happen before next stud season or we don't know, but um, yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely on the radar. Uh, you mentioned uh, the Woodhouses before. I, I think they'd be happy to see it staying in harness racing the property. Yep, I'm sure of that. Um, as I said before, Rod's been really good to us, and. Um, I'm probably not speaking out of school, but I think he probably could have sold it maybe a couple of times to um, cattle people and things like that. But he, he may have been a bit hesitant because, um, you know, he's put a lifetime into that place and uh, it, it really would have been a shame to to see it go that way. Um, but, yeah, now we've got it. Well, we intend to um, to to run a, a similar show as what Rod done and, and keep the Yuribi name alive. In the Riverina. So you won't be changing the name of the stud? Yurubi will stay? Yeah, Yurubi will stay, yep. yep. Um, and I, I guess I haven't been around the sport for a few years. I've, I've, I took a hiatus. Have, have you wound down your training and driving over the past few years? Yeah, well, we're probably in the same boat, mate. Um, I, um, a few young kids over the last uh, three or four years and um, we've always been remote where we are. Um, hard to, you know, even trial one horse. It'd it take an hour and a half, two hours, so to get to the trial. So, you know, it's half a day's work there. Um, and once the kids come along, I was just on the road all the time, and um, yeah, we we elected to just um, take a step back from the training side of it. And uh, the last three or four years, we've been selling a few yearlings at the sales. And um, just keeping in contact with the sport that way, you know. 
Is that, the, you know, how you've been staying in contact with the industry, selling those couple of the foals or yearlings at the sales? It, it, has that really whetted your appetite for, for having a go at, you know, at buying a stud? Um, I think it definitely helped when this popped up four or five weeks ago because um, we know what's in, involved in, in doing yearlings up now and, you know, organising your stallions a long time before uh, the mares go to start and, you know, picking them out and that sort of thing. Um, we've learned a lot over the last four years. Four years ago, we didn't anticipate at all we'd buy a start or start up a big operation. But, um, yeah, it's just it's funny how life goes. Sometimes things just fall into place and um, and this is what's happened to us, yeah. So how many hopefully of, we can make a, make a go of it, mate. How many of, of you is there in the family? So uh, I've got three brothers. So there's four four boys. Yeah, four boys. Um, everyone's married, and um, mum and dad. So yeah, there's and we all work together now, just on the farm. Uh, we we te- try to do a lot of the work on the farms ourselves. You know, we don't have um, too many helpers, and yeah, we've worked hard for quite a few years to trying to get to where we are now, and. Um, it's probably just something a little bit different, a little bit exciting for for everyone, really. Yeah. So you said um, after Christmas you'll make the move down, and then basically um, you're open for business. Yeah, after Christmas, um, early January, anyone that um, needs a spot for their mare or a speller, um, a breaker, any anything, we're sort of uh, yeah, going to try cover all bases to uh, make sure we get the show on the road. Yep. Have you had much feedback from people within the industry? Have, they, have, have you had plenty of phone calls about it? Yeah, I have, Greg. Um, we've had a lot, actually, and just people like well wishes and stuff too, um, just saying how great it is for, for the place to um, still to be operating as, as it always has done. And Yeah, a lot of well wishes, as I say, and, and uh, quite a few people already saying that they'll bring their mares there to um, get in foal and... Um, a few and things like that so yeah, it's quite positive at, at this stage um, that things should roll along well yeah well mate um, it was great news when I read it and I thought well we better get you on and have a chat and, and find out a little bit more about it thanks for explaining what's going on and we wish you all the best of luck with Eurobee Stud no thanks very much Aisy. thanks for having me winner winner chicken dinner winning hey that's pretty good winner that was- Legitness. That I say, all right, all right, all right. Wow, winning. Bam! Just like that. That's all there is to it. That's all there is to it. A winner. Just like that. I'm the winner. Is. But I pity the fool, and I will destroy any man who tries to take what I got. What's your prediction? Prediction? Yes, prediction. Pain. Was pain, was pain for the people who followed our tips last week. Mr. T, that was. He pities the fool that followed him in, tipping a $1.10 winner. Um, but he tells me that he's going to find a couple of winners for us this week. So Mr. T's two tips this week. He's leading the competition. He's minus $9 on minus 20. Um, he likes Bathurst Wednesday night, race seven, number seven, beach ride. Finished fourth behind Royal Cruiser last time out. We spoke to... Bernie Hewitt about Beach Ride actually last week on the podcast. So race seven, number seven, Beach Ride is the first for Mr. T. And the other one 
He likes race nine at Bathurst. Number one, our goat loves Bathurst. Hasn't missed a place on the track. So he's going race nine, number one, our goat. Now, me, I'm going to Menangle, race eight, number seven on Tuesday. First class, Ricky Alchin trains, uh, former Kiwi, trialled at Menangle, pulled out late, halfway down the straight, sprinted nicely, 26-9, leader to leader, made ground. Its last win in New Zealand, it actually beat Theresa Love. I think that form will you know, hold up pretty well. And just having a look, there's a, another first starter from New Zealand in the race, so won't get it all its own way. But I think race eight, number seven, first class, will take some beating. And then I want to go to Bathurst on Wednesday as well. Saw a really good performance at Cowra last week, horse by the name of Deepwater Cam. It's going around in race three, number 10, brained them at Cowra, beaten as a threes on favourite before that at Bathurst. Um, it's had the 12 starts away from Bathurst, six starts, three wins, two seconds and a third. At Bathurst, six starts, one win, one placing. So that does concern me a little bit, but the way it won at Cowra, it's going to take some beating. Race three, number 10, Deep Water Cam. That just about wraps up the podcast for another week. Huge thank you to my three guests, Greg Sugars, who spoke about his three winners, Jared Alchin. There's so much to talk to Jared about with his stable at the moment. Absolutely flying. And also a big thank you to Dennis Picker. Great news that the Picker family have purchased Yerby Stud and the stud will remain in the sport, which is fantastic news. Hope you've enjoyed the podcast this week. I'll be back again next Saturday to do it all again. Don't forget Fantasy Harness Racing is just around the corner. The Young Carnival of Cups is just around the corner. So too is the Inter-Dominion. There is so much happening in the world of harness racing at the moment. Great to have your company on the Sunday session. I look forward to catching up with you again next week. 